Well, you're listening to the Red Carpet Cafe podcast. I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Bree Prout. Bree, how are you? I'm doing swell. <laughs> What's your concession? Uh, I am enjoying a glass of Petite Verdot from work. All right. No, that's, hey, that's fine because there's plenty of theater pubs that do have wine in addition to beer, so that works out. Um, My concession is a little uh, unconventional. I had to sneak it into our movie. Yeah, um, I'm having a a Ricola because sometimes... (laughs) Sometimes people get real sick, not just COVID sick, like cough and cold. So this little bad boy helps with the throat. And how I know is because pretty much the last couple of days, I've had a runny nose and not a dry cough by any means. There's definitely some, how do I put it without being gross? By ending the conversation right now. (laughs) Just being done with it. We all get the picture. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about let's talk about some some seafood in the form of King Shark and his buddies in the Suicide Squad. (laughs) All right. So the Suicide Squad is one of those films that drop simultaneously in the theaters as well on HBO Max because of the Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers deal. Now, I hope this keeps going post everything because it's amazing. I Just think only out there. I think it's only going to really honestly be through this year. Um, part of it is to give the listener an idea when we're recording this. I just read that Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy. Yes, did, I want to see it. Did twenty six million over the first couple of nights in the theater? That's because Camille Kostick is in it, and she is fabulous. But it means there's butts in the seats there are butts in the seats because it's not released on anything streaming you can only watch it in the theater itself but with this one i i know your whole stance on sequels is that you don't like them but this actually this movie is not billed as a sequel it's a standalone it's a standalone film that happens after the events of suicide squad and birds of prey Correct. So I did my research. Right, right. Uh, this one was directed by James Gunn mm-hmm. on a budget of 185 million. Um, all I know is 18.9 million is what it currently says on Google is what the box office take was, but we don't know what the Wonder Brothers money is behind it. But um, the government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world. Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Holly Quinn, and others to the remote enemy-infused island of Cordo Maltese. Armed with high-tech weapons, they trek through the dangerous jungle on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them behave. I love Rick Flagg. What was your first impressions of this film? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about this moment uh, since you said that this is what you wanted to do. I had to watch this twice. And the first time I didn't even get through the whole movie because I was making this face. 
going. That's a happy face for the listener who can't see you. <laughs> it is like my face. mouth is turned down, my nose is scrunched. I kind of have a WTF face on. Is the best way to describe right. it? Almost like a almost like an RBF resting bitch face. Almost like an RBF. <laughs> um, no, because that would be this. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. see it, but oh my goodness, <laughs> I got that right. down. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a like. I feel like okay. I want a disclaimer right now because this movie is anything but PG. So I am going to have a really hard time PGing myself through this episode. So I feel that's fine if you have to throw out a if few. A, if the listener is looking for <laughs> PG happy Bree, today is not the day. Okay. All right. So, my face, I got, let me preface it this way. Like like I said, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I had to watch it again, and I definitely felt different the second time. I'll throw that out there, too. Um, I have not really been, unintentionally, I've never really been a DC fan or supporter, I guess. I mean, I like Batman. I like Batman. Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and like I think that that's where my DC journey kind of ends I watched Wonder Woman I watched Wonder Woman in 84 those are part of the lost podcasts so (laughs) that's why I watched them I watched Wonder Woman growing up um but I've just never really um I don't know whether it's like the people around me or personally it's just never been something that I go to and turn on and get really excited for like I do for Marvel Right. Thank you to my little sister who got me there. So that being said, I started the suit. Even though it is a standalone, I feel very strongly that anyone who has not seen the first Suicide Squad right. needs to watch Suicide Squad before watching the Suicide Squad. I don't feel that Birds of Prey is as important Correct, But I do feel that you need to watch Suicide Squad before watching this. Mm -hmm. The first time I tried to watch the Suicide Squad, I had not seen anything since, I don't know, Batman Forever with the Riddler, Jim Carrey. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I was like, okay, there's so much more gore in this than there is... then there is marvel i mean marvel doesn't really have gore i mean maybe you punch mm-hmm. them in the face and their lip bleeds a little bit but that's about it i mean brains are going everywhere faces are getting blown off i got excited in the beginning because pete davidson was going to be in this uh yeah <laughs> for about three and a half seconds sorry that might be a spoiler i apologize it's okay it's been over Um, seven days you're good okay okay the cast in general coming into this is pretty bomb.com but i was seriously like when i say i have a wtf face while i was watching this i was so like it's meant to be like this action adventure with like lots of comedy not even like dark humor which it should have because i mean they're blowing faces off but like I don't know. I couldn't laugh. I couldn't enjoy. I was like, why in the hell did Eric tell me he wanted to watch this movie? Because I hate it. Okay. (laughs) So I paused and I was like, all right, what do I need 
to be better? (laughs) What do I need in this moment? And I went down a DC rabbit hole. I started deciding, like, do I want to just start at the beginning of what Suicide Squad is? Or do I want to, like, go all the way to the beginning? And I opted to not go all the way to the beginning. Right, that's a lot of movies. Right. I... I'm struggling because I have so much to say and I don't want to dominate. So please let me know when you're ready to jump in. Okay. Um, Well, let's just start with the opening sequence of the film and your thoughts on it. And then I'll pipe in. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me jump before you, before you go on a tangent for the listener. Could you see my I'm going on a you're, tangent face? <laughs> right. You're you're looking at two teams that get sent in that we don't know that there's a second team. So uh-huh. but the two teams involve Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, King Shark, Peacemaker, Weasel, Polka Dot Man, <laughs> Rick Flag, Rat Catcher, Captain Boomerang, uh, let's see, Mongal, uh, Javelin, and uh, Blackguard. Those are the the DC villains that we see at the very beginning. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you my take when I watched it the second time because mm-hmm. I did not get very far into the movie the first time because okay. I just, I couldn't, like I really couldn't. Um, and how I got to the second one is I went back, I watched Suicide Squad, then I watched Birds of Prey, and then I watched The Suicide Squad, and I appreciated it so much more. Uh, so much more. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so that's the opening sequence. And, and I started to notice things the second time around that I didn't even realize were happening the first time I tried watching it. Right. Um, weasel. I laughed when you said Weasel. Like, I think that... Um, <laughs> It was one of the most ridiculous and also like hilarious things it, throughout the entire movie. Um, basically, it's a weasel that's the size of a human who you have no idea what their it, he, she, they's ability even is. And they fly in this black hawk to the island and they're all jumping off one by one. And apparently weasel can't swim so right right imagine how that goes and and everyone's like just pissed off at everyone in the room because they're like how did no one know that this was you know um and it's just it's just violence like right from the beginning it's a violence so they get to the island you learn that um blackguard set them up uh spilled the beans that they were all coming and then Mm -hmm. it's just an absolute massacre like Black Hawk Down is not as bloody <laughs> as this opening sequence of the Suicide Squad. And that's just one of the two teams. And the, that's one of the two teams. Yeah, I mean, and the thing that's crazy about it is you've got Captain Boomerang played by um, Jai uh, Courtney, who was predominant in the first yes. Suicide Squad film. Yes. He gets killed. Like, oh, he gets yeah. straight up, he is dead. It is a suicide mission. And Weird that's that they exactly call them the Suicide Squad. Exactly, and that's exactly what happens to a lot of these characters, like right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, Savant, 
Michael Rooker, who also plays Yondu in Marvel, with the mm-hmm. weird, creepy, long white hair. Yes. After the fighting starts, he freaks out and he starts swimming away. Yeah. Yeah, like he literally goes and he freaks out. And um, Amanda Waller, who's in charge of all the baddies from a remote distance, she oh. she sets Amanda off Waller. A, she sets off a dis a um, detonation charge. Dis- yeah, discharge. And uh, kills him within seconds. So, you know, basically you've got Mongal who dies as she's taking out a chopper. Her setting off that detonator, too, is a prime example of why you should watch Suicide Squad before the Suicide Squad. Because you learn what the heck that is. Yeah. And then they wasted Nathan Fillion playing TDK, which stands for the Detachable Kid. Oh, my and his See, arms go flying oh off like they're an action figure and just slapping the bad guy. And then yeah, they're just like, shooting the appendages. And that, yeah, that's it. Yes. And and he's like dying, like with no arms, like convulsing on the ground because they're shooting his arm. Like that was probably the moment where I'm, I know I watched further, but I thought about turning it off in that moment because I was like, I, I, out loud, I was like, is this supposed to be funny? Or is this just really stupid and I don't have time for it? Right. Well, I mean, then you have on that team too, you had Javelin who had looked like he had the most promise, Mm -hmm. but he ends up giving his Javelin to Harley as he's dying. And really (laughs) the only ones that survived the whole thing. uh, Harley and Rick Flagg. Yeah. Harley and Rick Flagg in the first team. Then you find out that the second team has Idris Elba as Bloodsport. Yep. uh, John Cena's Peacemaker. Yeah. And Polka Dot Man. Yeah. King Shark and Ratcatcher 2, because of course Ratcatcher 1 was the father and Mm -hmm. he's no longer available. Mm hmm. Yeah. um, Well, and then from there, it like, it it takes you back. So I have so much to say, but it's almost in like comparing the two. Um, Right. So why don't you go ahead and take it away and lead the discussion. And when we're ready to talk about. So Harley. Et cetera. uh, Harley. (laughs) Okay. Harley and Rick flags characters, their team was in there to draw the fire for team two, but they didn't, neither team knew that there was another team on the beach. Mm -hmm. And so once, you know, Bloodsport and Peacemaker and Polka Dot Man, Rat Catcher, King Shark, King all Shark. yeah, all had <laughs> played by <laughs> played by Sylvester Stallone, which nom to nom. me is still one of the best characters. Um, I learned to love him in the beginning. I was like, Ugh. by the right. end, I was like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so they go in and they are um, trying to. Their new mission is to try and uh, save Rick Flag from <laughs> from his captivity, and they go in and after some jokes about you know John Cena's character Peacemaker, you know eating a bag of dicks and how he would happily eat them if the whole beach was covered of them, and it was weird. As long as it weird conversation. Peace. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they they locate flag they go in and they start killing everyone in the camp and then once they get under, to under instruction of waller she said she located rick and they were to take out anyone right like, 
I don't remember how she specifically said it, but it was basically fire without cause. And they kill everyone in the camp, get to the main main tent where Rick is at and find out that that's actually a friendly camp that they just slaughtered. Annihilated. Yeah, and that was basically the opposition to the government dictator that Mm -hmm. um, they really have a problem with. Uh, Bloodsport sees Rick Flag and he's like, uh, are you drinking tea? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then they realize that at some point they realize that they need to go rescue Harley because Harley is in the camp uh, or in the uh, palace of the current dictator who has totally taken Byer, like absolutely in love with her in her craziness and so in love with him too yeah dresses him up the whole nine yards uh you know the whole dinner sequence where harley's sitting with him and talking and then you know she's starting to feel like oh he's great but then he says something and i'm trying to remember what it was that he said that he killed kids oh yeah and then she just shoots him just straight up kills him be like explains herself the whole time he's dying right you had me uh, until you killed the children. And that's a red flag. And I told myself that if I ever dated someone else again and I saw a red flag. <laughs> right. Anyway. You know, actually, <laughs> and the hilarious. other thing was getting back to the whole conversation about Weasel. They glossed over it so quickly, but the whole reason why Weasel was in prison is like he ate, killed and ate 200 and something children. Did you not catch that? Oh, yes. When they were in the chopper, they were talking about that. Right. They were talking and trying to figure out, uh, Pete Davidson's character was trying to figure out if he's, is he a dog? He's like, does a dog have posable thumbs? (laughs) (laughs) Why is he here? Well, Weasel, Weasel, yeah, it's something like, it's like he ate 200 and something children. uh, And I'm like, What? (laughs) It's always children, too. It's always eating women and children or killing women and children. Not that they show it, but it's just the fact that you're like, you couldn't find some other reason why he's in there? That's what it is. He's like, you sat me next to a werewolf and he like loses his mind. And Harley's like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to meet a werewolf. And he's like, he's not a werewolf. He's harmless. (laughs) Except for like killing, yeah, it was something like however many how many ever people you said but yeah he thought it was a werewolf yeah it was crazy um i've i've grown side note i've really grown an appreciation for pete davidson like it he's growing on me and when i see him in things i get really excited but they always kill him off why do they do that uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that my sense of humor aligns with his I'm not saying he's bad. He's got Clearly self-deprecating he's, humor. Right. He's he's parlayed himself into a, a nice career mm-hmm. in comedy. I don't know mm-hmm. that my humor, my sense of humor aligns with his. So I'm not I'm not a Pete Davidson fan, but I'm not a Pete Davidson I hater. Should. I'm a fan. I'm, I, I'm a growing fan. I was not a fan in the beginning, but he's growing on me. Like yeah. we might wear the same shoes right now. Nice. Um <laughs> So we have Harley that's, you know, captive in the building. She's killed the current dictator. 
Mm-hmm. And the the general takes over and is got her, you know, it, that whole scene where she is tied up and she frees herself. If you haven't read it yet, she did all that work herself. Really? She did all that I, stunt completely. That's awesome. Because that's one of the things that like in watching both Suicide Squad and then watching the Suicide Squad, once I immersed myself into it and started to have an appreciation mm-hmm. was how graceful she is in so many of her moves and I thought you know is that her is that somebody else like how did she learn that what time did it take so that's really cool I I'm impressed that's very cool it's very um if anyone hasn't seen it yet it's very uh acrobatic and yes ballerina like and uses her feet to mm -hmm. free herself being tied up and hanging it's amazing and like yeah even yeah it's in a weird way, it's it's very beautiful, like how graceful she is. So that's right. awesome to know that. Good for her. So as she's freeing herself and going through the building, blowing stuff up, the uh, Suicide Squad members that are outside are trying to get into the building to free her. And at some point, as they're starting to scale the building, she's walking <laughs> out of the sidewalk with a shotgun hey guys what you doing she's like what are you doing they're like we're here to free you she's like oh that's so nice i can go back in and you can still free me yeah rick was rick flags like it was actually a really good plan too (laughs) (laughs) so that was that was a good moment um Mm -hmm. and then you know we come to find out that the their target is the jotunheim which is a uh tower in in this area that the Germans had taken over after World War II's loss. So the Nazis showed up uh, on that island, uh, created this place for experiments, and were working on Where they could essentially continue their unorthodox experiments, which is ironic because I just watched a movie with my dad while my Mm -hmm. parents were in town visiting, that was about World War II, and him and I had a huge discussion about all of those experiments. So as soon as they like brought that up, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And uh, you know, we're talking about them working on Project Starfish, and from the video we see, it looks like a starfish out in space, and it mm-hmm. starts replicating and doing kind of like an alien style of very alien jumping yeah jumping on people's faces and and and, uh, basically feeding off of them Uh uh-huh i immediately thought of alien when they when they had that scene and it's really strange too it's like when you imagine a starfish like patrick star from spongebob the there's five points two of them you're standing on two of them serve as arms one is the head so essentially the armpit is where these like baby starfish come out and go alien. But the each, including the main one, has a big eye on their belly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ricola. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then kind of just it, it goes from there where it then turns with the help of the baby starfish, the people into kind of its uh if you're a Star Trek fan, like a Borg collective slave where they're all of one mind and working in conjunction. And uh, 
but the the whole plan is is they need to get into the Jotunheim, Jotunheim and destroy it and take it down. And so, so much happens in the movie that I almost forgot about the starfish. True, that's true. There's so much going on, but you also have uh, Peter Capaldi, who is the uh, I guess he he's the one German guy that's there. That's um, he's Gaius Greaves. He's got these like metal things on his bald head. I guess it was to improve his his. Uh, brain capacity and but he's the the head chief uh scientist on the project so they end up getting him breaking in in one of the craziest ways possible just going straight in and doing their thing um killing everybody that they can see to get into the jodenheim but things start things start getting a little weird at a certain point once they get inside and they start setting down the C four explosives. Um, <laughs> you start finding out quickly that peacemaker peacemaker has a different agenda than the rest uh-huh. of them, and you know where Ratcatcher is is trying to do um, what Bloodsport and Polka Dot Man were instructed to do peacemaker has this totally different agenda and Mm -hmm. uh turns out that he is willing to kill anyone and everything that gets in his way including his own team Mm -hmm. i mean so like they kind of make him out to seem like a bad guy but at the same time it's because his view and vision of peace isn't necessarily what your average joe would think so like peace to most people they think like peace like they think i can't describe peace with the word peace come on um (laughs) they think like everyone you know like this communal non-combative acceptance yeah you know no fighting where for him it's like knowing that the job is done gives him peace right so if he can feel the peace then he's done his job and in this situation he is viewing it as well, I was given a mission to stop this knowledge from getting out. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I have to complete that mission and that's going to bring the peace. It's going to bring right. peace to me because I completed my mission versus yep. like what may or may not, depending on your view, be good for all. Correct. Yep. Well, once once we get to the point where we know that... Um, Peacemaker is willing to kill Ratcatcher uh, to get the disk drive or or the eight minutes earlier the chip right the the chip or whatever it is that it that Waller wanted like to a drive yeah yeah that she wanted to keep there the whole thing is is that this this drive has information to show that the U S has been actively involved in this project for the duration of it. And Mm -hmm. they didn't want that information to get out because it would cause an international incident. And so Peacemaker, um, his job was to make sure that no witnesses and that the drive stays put where Ratcatcher Mm -hmm. has the drive and wants to get the drive out there um, and in the hands of, you know, the media Mm -hmm. uh, and, and such. So we see Bloodsport coming in and they had been competing earlier talking about who was a more accurate shot. 
old blood sport comes <laughs> in. I like that scene. Yeah. And, and shoots him. It manages to get the drop on him because he had a smaller bullet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it came it down pierced, to. Yeah, it pierces um, Peacemaker's bullet. Yeah, which was a pretty good shot in itself. Um, and then ultimately they have to contend with uh, the starfish that's out in the town that's now starting to convert the townspeople um, into, you know, it's mindless zombies, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, Polka Dot Man, who comes out and is probably considered in the comics one of the lamest superheroes ever. Uh, he uses his Makes built sense. up his built up energy of Polka Jots and starts shooting at the starfish, and it's burning up one of its you know a couple of its arms pretty quickly. And he gets all <laughs> excited, going, "I'm a real superhero! I'm a real superhero!" And then SWAT. <laughs> The starfish Flat. kills him, and it's a done deal. Steps right on him. So, uh, yeah, another another uh, Suicide Squad member ends up uh, going kaputs. Weird. But didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, ultimately, they take him down when Harley Quinn decides that she's going to go do a train spotting esque type thing where she runs and jumps through and <laughs> and stabs the eye and then she's in it's a the, great description she's in the liquid of the eye and then all of the rats that rat catcher sends you know forward with her ability to manipulate rats mm-hmm. and it starts side, eating it from within side note sebastian the rat mm-hmm. he had two we have Jaws and Crisp Rat with two T's, like the band, the hair metal band. Oh, Lord. Acted as Sebastian Rat. I found that very interesting. Nice. Okay. <laughs> well, they take out the starfish. <laughs> and then uh, we, we see that they all kind of end up going back to where they're supposed to be and such well no wait that's not completely true because uh i think bloodsport didn't he left didn't he i think he left at the end if i remember correctly he didn't go back to jail i think he used that as his his way of getting out of there i don't remember if he used it as his way of getting out or if it was more so to give his daughter everything she needed so that that's she wouldn't right. be in trouble yeah he parlayed. He parlayed that to save his yeah. daughter from some yeah. possible prison time. Um, we see Peacemaker not dead. He's in the hospital, laying on a bed. But the in very last, the very end, the very last scene <laughs> on the beach. It, it basically, basically a day later, <laughs> on the beach at night, we see Weasel who still looks like he's dead, wakes up. (coughs) Yes, he coughs, he wakes up, and then he starts to run off. Now, Weasel was played by James Gunn's brother. Yes, yes, Sean Gunn. Yep. Who, um, he's in, ironically, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. But what I, who I always, like, remind or who he always makes me think of is um kirk from gilmore girls okay that's Um, where my mind always goes i haven't seen that show to be able to make the 
the equation on that, but I'm going to assume that you're accurate. I am. Okay. All right. <laughs> so on a scale of one to 10 suicide missions, what are you giving the suicide squad? There's so much we still haven't even talked about. Yeah, but I'll be honest with you. <laughs> we could keep going on this particular one, but um, no. I was no. Just thinking of like directorial notes as well. Okay, no, no, no. Go ahead if you want to add For more before we give the rating. Interested, and go then ahead. I'll give it a rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go um, for it. So. Like I said, I wanted you to kind of focus on this movie because I can't because I had to like dive down the rabbit hole of DC and how how did we get here today? Okay. So I mentioned before that even though this is technically a standalone, its script and storyline could not have existed without the 2016 Suicide Squad, which was written and directed by David Ayer, who I am a huge fan of so uh when when i think of david ayer i think of kind of a d- usually dark themes dark colors and it really what you're seeing visually really sets the tone in the mood of how you feel towards the scripts the characters all the above so um, <clears throat> when I think of David Ayer, I think of immediately, I think of Fury. It's one of my favorite David Ayer movies. And that is kind of a little bit of subtle humor, but mostly kind of like those grim, dark colors because we're in World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of End of Watch, which both of those he wrote and directed. End of Watch is um, about, you know, um, like police life. Um and then most recently, Tax Collector, which ultimately I wasn't a huge fan of. It wasn't what I wanted and or expected, but very true to him, his style of both writing and directing. And then we also have Training Day, right? Training mm-hmm. Day um, that was written by David Ayer. It was not directed by him, but it was written by him. And that's got all of the crazy climactic elements to it of like emotions and running Mm -hmm. high and like not really knowing what was going on um and then you go into birds of prey Mm -hmm. the birds of prey was written by both bruce tim and paul um is it dini they they're the creators of harley quinn Mm mm-hmm and then we have a female director and a female writer who contributed to that, which I thought was awesome because when I think of Birds of Prey, because again, I went down this rabbit hole. I was like, I got I to gotta do this in order. I actually enjoyed um, Birds of Prey. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. very like, um, the, the idea behind that was, was quote unquote, Harley Quinn's emancipation from the Joker. So mm-hmm. what I appreciated so much about the original Suicide Squad is how disturbing it was. Because when it focused on that relationship between Harley Quinn and Joker, it it did. It kind of made you feel like, oh, what am I watching? But when you go back to the comics, Mm -hmm. the relationship between Joker and Harley Quinn is so much more disturbing and gross than it really was in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt like that really brought in that light. I I don't want to say light because I don't want people to think color. 
but brought to um to your attention as a viewer uh what that really was so then when birds of prey came out and she has that emancipation you're like yes i am woman hear me roar so like having it both written and directed by a woman really i feel like brought that home Mm -hmm. and then you move from that into the suicide squad and we have um we have I almost said Sean Gunn, James Gunn, who (laughs) wrote and directed it. So having Suicide Squad 2016 available obviously gave him the baseline of what to write for now this 2021, The Suicide Squad. And it is just off the wall different. Like it is bright. It is colorful, similar to what you saw in Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn, when she's coming in and there's that scene where she's escaping from, Mm -hmm. um, from having (laughs) killed their dictator. Um, it's, there's flowers behind her and it's just really like showing the power of her as she's miraculously just beating these people to shit. (laughs) Um, in this movie too, you've got Viola Davis again, who is playing Amanda Waller and she is meaner than ever. She is, you know, you, you, you think that she's mean because she's got to lead and have these impossible missions in the first movie. In the second one, like, she is ruthless. And I love it. Mm-hmm. I think she, she plays that role in that character so well. And the amount of time she says mf just I feel it every single time. <laughs> um <clears throat> Rick Flagg, again, his storyline completely changes in this one, too, because he has he doesn't really have any skin in the game anymore. You know, in the first one, he's got the Enchantra or mm-hmm. right. Am I right? Enchantress. Yeah. Uh-huh. OK, he's got her in the beginning you know, and he's got some love and affection. So this time around, he's just out to succeed, not right. so much. Um, you know, fight for love. So that brings a whole new element to his character too. So I thought it was kind of cool to be able to see these character arcs over the course of essentially the three movies, um, but it all still makes sense, which I feel is like kudos to everyone who came after David Ayer because it is so hard, period, to have sequels, which is why I hate sequels, and have a character arc that makes sense right here we've got three movies three different writers three different directors so when i watched the suicide squad the second time from start to finish Mm -hmm. i had such a different appreciation to it than i did the first time when i was like what in the hell am i trying to watch the second time around i was like oh yeah get them get them oh yeah I was feeling it. I was more, <laughs> I was so much more involved because, right. even though it's a standalone, I'm telling you, anyone listening, like you have to watch them all. Carve out the time, whatever you need to do, you have to watch them all and you have to watch them in order. Conveniently available right now on HBO Max for yes. all three films. 100% true. Accurate. Well, HBO Max has a DC <laughs> channel, which is incredible because mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Doom Patrol the tv series it's fantastic with brendan fraser but that's a whole nother conversation 
it, it's a whole nother conversation but yeah it's a great show and season May three is about to drop um it's very interesting but we'll talk about that one at another point <laughs> another day another so time. what is your rating then uh scale of one to ten uh suicide missions you know what i'm gonna give this one an eight i if if i wouldn't have gone back and watched it mm-hmm. i don't know if i would have finished it i even sent you a text message and i was like because you were like I love King Shark. And you know what? I love King Shark too. When they were like, this is nom noms. He's like, nom noms, nom noms is hilarious. Like you're, when you know what's going on, it's so much better. Oh, true. Um, That's true. But anyway, um, so that being said, I'm going to give it an eight. Had I not gone back, I probably would have given it like a 2.3. Okay. All right. Then I'm going to go with my roundup uh, rating and then. Uh, we'll close out this particular uh, episode. Done so, and done. <clears throat> all right. So um, I would say, first off, Suicide Squad, the first film, the theatrical release is not as good as the uncut version. The uncut Have version almost one. makes it a totally different film so much better. Really? Yes, you get more Harley Quinn and Joker interactions that give you a way better backstory. Okay, this way is better. the original, the first one. Not the original, the first the, one. Right, Suicide the first film. 2016. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I also, but I did like the the, uh, the uh, uncut version. I, I enjoyed it. Question. Yes. When you say it gives more backstory, is it more in line with the comic books? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, but it, it, it makes the Joker a little bit more of a, not a likable character, but it gives you more story to him. I actually like the comic backstory of the Joker. Not okay. necessarily, not necessarily, you know, Jared Leto's version of gangster Joker. Right. Um, but I, I do, have comments for that. But I do appreciate the Joker character and his lack of origin story, but backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Birds of Prey, I thought was good. It was entertaining. I would say overall, I feel that the first Suicide Squad film was better than the Suicide Squad. That's just my opinion, and I think it's because it's set it set the course i also liked um uh will smith's character in there yes right yes deadshot was impressive uh but with this particular film i would give it probably a six and a half or a seven part of it is that i know well (laughs) part of it is that I know James Gunn chose to choose all of these secondary lesser characters for the sole purpose of killing them off. And DC Mm -hmm. doesn't have any real continuity in their films anyways. They're going to probably bridge some stuff with the Batman coming up uh, next year. um, Robert Pattinson's uh, Batman character, but the flash movie the the Idris El- yeah, or not Idris Elba uh, Ezra what's his face um 
Flash movie that's coming out is also going to have Michael Keaton's Batman 89 character as older yes. Batman in yes. that film. Yes. But my point being is that they don't cross over very often. So mm-hmm. there is, I mean, when you call it the, the you know, DC. Um, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Uh, so it, when you call it like the DC extended universe, it's almost like every time they release a movie, it's almost like a standalone because there's usually a new actor compared to a previous incarnation of the character. It's very, there's, there's no real con- continuity, but. I have so much to say now that you've given your rating. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> then, then let me, let me finish this by saying that. You know, with these characters that he went rolled out there with the sole purpose of killing them off, odds are we probably won't see Captain Boomerang again because he was mm. actually a good character in the first film. He I was love that pink unicorn. Right. Uh, but they gave him the liberties to do so. So mm-hmm. that I appreciated. What did you want to add before I close it out? Well, I, I feel opposite. I enjoyed the second one more than the first one. Okay. I needed the first one for the backstory and I enjoyed it, but it was, <clears throat> again, it was like, it was how I started watching The Suicide Squad and I was like, oh my God, what's going on? When I started watching Suicide Squad, I was like, wow, this is really disturbing and messed <laughs> up. But also I as much as I'm, I've already admitted that I, I'm not a huge or true DC fan. Um, I am familiar with the backstory of that relationship of Harley Quinn and Joker. So I understood the nature of everything and why it was the way that it was. Okay. Um, that being said, I know that again, also based on like hearsay and rumors, I know that a lot of people had issues with Jared Leto and his version of the Joker. Right. I thought, side note, full disclosure, I am a Jared Leto fan. There is very okay. little he's ever done where I've been like disappointed. Okay. That being said, I was really impressed with his version of the Joker because I feel like, you know, we've got Joker out there right now. We've got Batman, so we've got Jack Nicholson's Joker. We've got um, <clears throat> Dark Knight, so we've got Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, I was very impressed with Joaquin Phoenix because I thought, here, he's got all of these Jokers to choose from, and he made his character the way that he did, and I feel the exact same way about Jared Leto. I feel like he really tapped into the true like disturbing relationship mm-hmm. and his like mechanical laughter right. I thought was so spot on for the level of creepy uncomfortable right. so I thought he did a fantastic job okay. I was very happy that we didn't see much of him or any of him really right. in Birds of Prey nor did we have to see him again in The Suicide Squad but mm-hmm. I would not be in the boat saying that he is the worst Joker. I think okay. the Joker we've ever seen is special in their own right and fantastic in their own right. Mm-hmm. That being said, again, I'm giving The Suicide Squad an eight 
after right. watching them in sequential order. Mm-hmm. Um, but I truly feel that at the end of the day, it is much better than than the first one. Okay, which breaks my heart because I love David Ayer. I love him so much. No, I, no, I I got gotcha. you. Does some fantastic work. So, um, word on the street with the Joker: there's a sequel coming out to that film, The Joker Two, where we're allegedly going to get the real villain Joker will be born from that film okay really the one that Joaquin Phoenix is playing they touted all along saying like this is not your comics Joker this is just kind of an origin story but everyone took it as oh it's the origin of Joker of the Joker no it's origin of a Joker but the Batman villain that we've all come to know and love hate love whatever you want to call it uh he will be um, making his first appearance in that film whoever's playing him, we don't know so as i as i round this out um i just want to make sure that we all are aware though that with the weasel being the last sequence of that suicide squad movie and not being dead that it shows us exactly what this film was about. <laughs> it was, it all, was just all just a dream. <laughs> None of it really uh, happened. I didn't even want to know what I sounded like when I said that. I it was so all in it. Weasel's head. This <laughs> whole movie so was a dream. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Red Carpet Cafe podcast. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Eric Root. And unfortunately, I am another host, Brie Proud. Red Carpet Cafe <laughs> is a member of the Be Kind Rewind Podcast Network. You can find us on the web at bkrpn.com.